0: Inscription on a, a tombstone in a small country church in England um, which says, Beneath this stone, a lump of clay, lies Arabelle Young, who on the twenty-fourth of May began to hold her tongue. Think about that. That's real. Let me read it again. Beneath the stone lies a lump of clay. Arabelle Young, who on the 24th of May learned to hold her tongue. Can you imagine if that's what was written on your tombstone? <laughs> we're, we're, we're beginning this new series called Forgotten Virtues. It's, it's a study in the, the books of Psalms and Proverbs, kind of walking through or going through Psalms and Proverbs. And I, I want to encourage you, if you would, this summer to read at least one or two Psalms a day um, and then one or two chapters, chapters of Proverbs a day. And, you know, you'll get through it, just keep going through, just keep going through. But that's your, that's kind of your summer studies, if you will. Every single day, in the morning, if it's good for you, at night, whatever, uh, at lunch, doesn't matter. Read a couple of chapters of Psalms, a couple of chapters of Proverbs, and just kind of go through and let them sink in as we go through this series. We're going to be talking about different virtues and, the first service I talked about this because I thought about it as I was writing um, next week. I'll be in Mexico this week. I get back on Saturday. I'll be preaching on Sunday. And I'm going to do a sermon next week on purity. And it's going to be at least two weeks, if not maybe three, but I think we can do it in two. And as I was was going through these virtues, as I was going through these different topics in, in Psalms and Proverbs, it really struck me that 15 years ago, Fifteen, twenty years ago, some of the things I'm gonna talk about, everyone would agree with. There's no there's no argument about purity and what that means and how important that is to God. And but our culture has shifted so much. It's made such a a, a, a a tremendous shift that now you bring some of these things up and they become in a sense controversial, if you will, when from a biblical standpoint, you know, purity is not controversial at all. It's been it's always been pretty Pretty, pretty strongly laid out in the Word of God. And Christians have always tried their best to live by those, those different virtues. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about next week. But the, 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 the books of the Bible, especially the book of Proverbs, okay, is filled, actually filled with how we, can u- how we use our tongues, how we use our tongues when it comes to impacting other people's lives for the positive or for the negative, if you will. How we influence people by what we say and more importantly sometimes how we say it in proverbs chapter 10 and verse 11, it says the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life But the mouth of the wicked conceals violence Here's what I want you to do before I read the next one I want to give you an opportunity to get your pen out right now because i'm going to be laying out a lot of scripture And it really I would love it if you could write all of these down and then this week go back and look them up again Look them up and, and, and study them over and just read through them because they're so, they're so deep and powerful. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. In Proverbs eighteen twenty one, it tells us, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Death and life, and you think, oh, that's a little exaggerated. Not at all, not at all. The power of the tongue. I have a friend who I reconnected with after about 30 years or more. We grew up in the apartment complex in New York together, and I've been able to connect with a lot of my old friends. And one of my friends, he was the youngest in our group. And uh, he told me about how uh, when we were a group, when we were a kind of a, a group of people, and I don't I don't remember everything everyone said, but he certainly did. And he was the younger guy, and he he got verbally abused, if you will, by the older by the older guys. We had guys from like 21 to 13. He was probably the youngest of of all of us, and uh, and he got it all the time. And he told me that it so profoundly affected him that he struggled with alcohol and drug abuse almost his entire adult life, almost dying. And a lot of it was because of of the words that were said to him, things that were done to him, but the words that were said as he was growing up, you know? And I'll tell you the truth. I look back now, and I, when he was talking to me, I was thinking, thank God I was not one of the ones piling on in those situations. Because what he did was, as an adult, You know, Facebook's an interesting thing, but you can find out where people are. He went and he looked up a lot of our old friends and called them up and called them out and said, you ruined my childhood and you had a profound effect on me as an adult and having to overcome so many of the things in my childhood and my life the alcohol and drug abuse, and he said that some people, and I know a lot of the guys that I, was hang, that, that I hung around with came to know Christ after uh, I started going to church, they started going to church, and they came to know Christ and spread out all over the country. But some of them apologized immediately and said, you know what, I was stupid, I was young, I really apologize for what I did to you, what I said to you, the words that I said. Others, man, they wouldn't take responsibility for their words at all. And it was interesting listening to my friend on the phone and the the anger that was in his words that he when he was talking to me about those who would not apologize for the things that they had done, not just to him, but to other people. You know, it, it's, it's amazing. You think, well, you know, no one's going to remember me picking on this person or me tormenting that person or the words that I say. Not everyone in this room over a certain age can remember the things that our teachers had said to us that were unkind or Our friends in high school or even our parents that said they said things that were unkind. We remember those things They have a tremendous impact on our lives to underestimate the power of the spoken word leads to tragic consequences Tragic consequences can you imagine someone from 30 years ago calling you up and saying, and it's just a simple thing, but calling you up and saying, you ruined so much of my life by your constant words of torment. You impacted my life in such a profound way. If it wasn't for God, this, this guy had come to know Christ later in life, but if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't have survived because some of the things that you had said, our words are powerful and they bring with them consequences. Our tongues have Great potential for good and for evil, depending on how we use them. And one of the ways that we use our tongues for evil is by lying. In lying, in Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 19, it says, Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. And in Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 23, it reminds us, A lying tongue hates its victims, and a flattering mouth works ruin. You know, I, and for the younger ones here, um, you really, lying people, I was watching this show on Brain Games or something like that, and they were talking about how lying's part of the evolutionary process, and actually good for you. It isn't good for you in any shape or form, okay? It's not good for you. When you continue to lie, if you get away with those lies, it's even worse, because then you become a liar. I have a relative... Um, I won't mention names or anything, but I have a relative who really struggled with lying. One of my kind of like not not my immediate family, but out there in the family, in the family tree. Um, and I didn't get I didn't grow up with this person, but I got to know them as time went on. And they were they were just li- They are a liar. They lied so much. They became a liar. And I remember driving past their home and stopping in and seeing them and and I asked them I was a big Mets fan back here in the 80s and everything and I remember asking them I said the Mets were in the pennant race I think it was 1988 and uh, I wanted to know if the Mets had won. And I asked him, hey, did the Mets win? Did you hear if the Mets won? And if he didn't hear, who cares? I'd listen to it on the radio. I'd hear it at some point. And I got back home and he said, yes, they did. I was like, yes, they won. What happened? He goes, oh, man, uh, you know, this guy uh, hit it, hit the ball. And it was like at the bottom of the ninth, the bound, hit the top of the wall and bounced in. They won the game. Everybody was so excited. They had lost. The Mets lost that day, that game. He told he made up the whole story. Because he wanted me at that moment in time just to say, just to listen to what he was saying and get excited about he was lying about like I'm not gonna find out that Mess didn't win independent race or whatever. It's incredible. But he became a liar and he couldn't help but to lie. That's how powerful it is. You wanna know how powerful it is? Think about the time that you lied to someone very close to you and the consequences of that lie. Think about it. How it impacted your life. Think about think about that that Arabelle Young. And, and and think about when, when if you were to die, is that the legacy that any one of us want to leave, that someone would write on the tombstone? This person was a big, fat liar. I mean, it was like the biggest liar I know. Imagine, that's what you are remembered for, that you lied, that you were a liar, that you couldn't tell the truth, that you always embellished, that you always added something to the story. And here's the thing, it goes beyond that as in Proverbs, you see, it's real simple sometimes when, when the Bible says, Don't lie, okay? All right, I won't lie. Make sure you tell the truth. But it actually goes beyond that. According to Proverbs, when you use your words to hurt people, um, it, it it in some ways doesn't matter, even if you're if you're if you're being honest. If you're being honest and you still say things that hurt people, the Bible says you've got to rethink how you're communicating and what you're saying and what you're doing. It doesn't, matter the, just, it doesn't matter if you're telling the truth the whole time. It matters how you say it, what you say. Our attitudes matter. How we communicate that information really matters. And one of the areas that the Bible talks about the most, especially Proverbs in this area, when it comes to even, even when you say something truthful, is gossip. Gossip. My grandfather, um, I had a strained relationship with my grandfather up until the last few years of his life. And then I had a, some really good talks with him. I was able to lead him to the Lord. Um, he was dying of cancer. I, I was able to be in the hospital and wipe the spit off his face and and read scripture to him. So the last few years ended up pretty well. But growing up, he was a a verbally abusive person. And I remember at my high school graduation party, okay, grandpa's there and, you know, everything's going well and he takes me aside and gets me aside. And usually when grandpa got me aside, he always said something obnoxious or hurtful. Um, And this time he said, a rolling stone gathers no moss. I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? What, what? What the, why don't you just give me a card and a present like everyone else a rolling stone gathers no moss And you know, and I I, I thought about it over the years um, And I realized that and, and, and I realized early on but it's really funny that my grandfather At that moment at my graduation was doing the same thing. He had always done his entire life with me And that was being hurtful with his words you know, a rolling stone gathers no moss basically means a person who doesn't stay in one place. If you don't stay in one place, then you're never going to have success. You're never going to have deeper relationships. You're never, you're never going to, to have commitments from other people. You're not going to find wealth in your life. You need to stay in one place. And you think, well, nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that. But he wasn't saying it to encourage me. He was saying it as a cutting thing because he hated my father. My mother and father were divorced. He hated my my father and he wanted to get back at my father, I looked a lot like my father. So he used, he spread his venom out on me. So it wasn't something encouraging. He was, it was a dig because my father moved around. We moved around a lot when I was growing up and he was trying to continue to spread his venom on me. And see, here's the thing. The man never, ever called up my father and talked to him about what he was feeling, about what he, was, how, what he thought, and he, he never confronted him. He would basically talk to me about him all the time. Hey, you want to go fishing? Yeah, let's go fishing. And we'd get in the car and go fishing, and all he would do is talk about my father and what a terrible person he was. And let me give you a little bit of advice for parents who are going through, who know people are maybe going through a divorce or a difficult situation. Warn them, warn them, Not to talk negatively about the other person to their children. Don't do that. It will backfire on you. It usually backfires. The person who's slandering or talking negatively or gossiping about the other person, that child, I'll just let you know, children don't really want to hear negative things about their parents, even if they think negative things about their parents. Words are powerful. Words are powerful. And we need to make sure that we're using our words in such a way that we're building people up, not tearing them down. And we're talking directly to the person or else if you don't talk directly to the person you have an issue with, it creates layers of division, layers of destruction, if you will. Layers. Layers. We need to be people of character. We need to be people who have virtues that that God can be proud of. And one of the things that we need to really work on in our lives is what we say and how we say it. My grandfather said, rolling stone gathers no moss. I thought about that over the years. And then I started thinking also, a rolling story, though, gathers a lot every time it's told. If it's a gossip story. If you tell a story and you're not being truthful and you're gossiping, a rolling stone may gather no moss, but a rolling story continues to gather, okay, continues to gather lies or whatever else. Every time that story is told, Every time it's repeated, whether you add something to it or you take something away, it becomes more lie than truth. You ever played that um, telephone game where you put one person in a chair here and you go on down, right? I don't care if there's two people in the game that get it completely wrong by the end. Whether there's five or six or ten people in the game, what what was told to the first person is completely different than what the last person says. And I don't know if people are making stuff up as they go just to be funny, but I've never seen one get from one person to another. The story has always been changed. That's what happens. A rolling stone gathers no moss, but a rolling story, as it's added to over and over and over again, becomes more of a lie than it is truth. And that's why God says we need to watch our words. We need to talk directly to the people that that are hurting us or are affecting us, and not to everyone else around them. We can't be passive-aggressive. If something's going on in your life and you need to speak to someone, then you do it in a loving way. You get them alone and you have a conversation with them. You see, a gossip starts out as a whisper, and then it grows and it consumes people and it destroys people's lives. In Proverbs chapter 10 in verse 19 it says, "When there are many words, listen. Transgression is unavoidable, but he who restrains his lips is wise." Let me read that again. "Where there are many words, transgression is unavoidable, but he who restrains his lips is wise." In Ecclesiastes chapter 10 in verse 14 it says, "A fool multiplies his words. Talk, 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 talk without restraint, without thinking about what you're saying is dangerous. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 13 says, A gossip goes about telling secrets, but the one who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a confidence. Write those verses down. Proverbs 16, 28 reminds us a person, a perverse person spreads strife. And a whisper or a gossip, depending on what version you have, separates close friends. There's a story I love. And it's about a man who grew up somewhere in Central Europe. And this man loved to find out he was a businessman and he loved to to hear all kinds of different stories and 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 gossip about other people and then he would take those stories And he would he would go around and he would tell these stories and he loved it because When he told the stories he would make people laugh and the more they laughed the more he added to the story And he would he would just he would tack on a little bit of a little bit of this or a little bit of that to make it a little funnier a little juicier And so he ran around telling story after story, and and people just thought he was just so funny. The people who were hearing the stories thought he was so funny. And one day he heard a story about another businessman in town, one of, his kind of, one of his colleagues, and he heard this story and he thought, oh, this is incredible. So of course he had to go tell all of his friends. And then his friends went around and told their friends, and their friends uh, told their wives, and their wives told their friends. And then finally it got back to the man who was the main character of the story, and, it, and he was devastated. His character had been wiped out. His reputation as a business person, people didn't want to do business with him anymore. People thought he was corrupt people thought all kinds of things because the story got told it spread around it Destroyed this man's life And he could, he would try as best he could to go around and talk to other people and say wait This isn't true. This isn't true. This isn't true But how, how could he get to everyone It was out there? The story was out there So the man went to the rabbi in the community and said hey I'm, I'm, my, my my business is going down the tubes. I'm, I'm my my life is being destroyed he was just whining and complaining about what was happening to him, to the rabbi. And so the rabbi knew most of the people in the town. And he knew that this guy had mo- t- tells most of these stories. So he called the guy in because if he didn't start the story. He certainly knew who started it. And so he called the man in. And he sat him down and he explained that this was destroying this other man's life. And the guy felt terrible. He was really concerned. He couldn't believe it. He, 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 he actually was, he felt sorrowful. He said, what can I do? I'll do anything I can do to to fix this. Just tell me what to do. So the rabbi said to him, sir, do you have any uh, feather pillows at your house? And the man said, rabbi, of course I do. I'm not poor. I have lots of feather feather pillows at my house. And so the the rabbi said, I want you to go and I want you to bring me one. And so the man went home and he got a pillow and he walked into the rabbi's office with a pillow stuck underneath his arm and He said, Rabbi, here's the here's the pillow. And the rabbi took the pillow and actually gave the pillow back to the man. And he gave him a knife as well. And he said, I want you to cut the pillow open and I want you to just just rip it open. And the man said, well, rabbi, we're in your we're in your study. This is going to destroy your study. I mean, it's going to make a mess in here. And the rabbi said, just do what I say. Cuts the pillow open and starts shaking it out. And the, the, the feathers go everywhere. The rabbi had also opened his window and it was a windy day that day. She so opens his windows and those feathers are flying all over the office. They're going into teacups, they're going behind his desk, they're landing on his hair, they're landing on his cat, his cat is jumping around trying to catch the feathers, the cat runs out of the room with feathers stuck to him. And all of a sudden the the wind picks up and the, the, the feathers start swirling around. A whole bunch of them just go swirling out the window. They're gone and, and there's just feathers everywhere. And the rabbi says to the man, he waits about ten minutes. He says to the man, okay, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to go, and I want you to pick up now and return to me. I want you to put every single one of those feathers back into that pillow. Stuff them all back in there. And he goes, not one of them can be missing. I want every single one. And the man says to the rabbi, what are you talking about? That's impossible. You, you, you know that can't be done. The feathers are gone. Some of them flew out the window. It's a windy day. They're completely gone. The rabbi said to the man, exactly, exactly. When you tell rumors, when you tell juicy stories, when you, when you gossip, you have no idea where those words are going. Who is hearing those words? Who is repeating those words? Where they are. It destroys people's lives. The man felt terrible. He felt terrible about it. And the rabbi said, here's what I want you to do. First, I want you to study. I want you to study the law on slander. I want you to, the biblical law on slander. I want you to study it. I want you to understand it. I want you to look up words. I want you to look up scripture on gossip. And I want you to study those. And I I want you to come back after a year. I want you to study them for an entire year. Then I want you to come back to me. And that's what the man did. He studied about slander and about gossip and all these things. And not only did he study about slander and gossip, but he started going around to all his friends and talking to all his friends about the damage that it can do when you gossip, the damage what loose words can do, and telling stories and all these kinds of things. And this man... This man became a a different man. He became a different man. He overcame a nasty habit. My friends, when we talk, when we spread rumors, when you're in school and you're talking about this person, you're talking about that person, it's, it's all funny. Or texting, now we have technological ways to gossip and harm other people behind their backs. Those words, they go out into cyberspace, they go out into the world, they're feathers, they're flying everywhere, and you have no idea where they're going, or where they're going to land, or who's going to add to them, and how you can destroy someone's life. I'm part Scottish, I'm like a mutt, I'm part like a whole bunch of things, okay, but I'm part Scottish, and we Scots (laughs) have 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 a proverb or a phrase about gossip, a long tongue shortens friendships. A long tongue shortens friendships. That is so true. You know, I love when people tell me, well, I'm not gossiping. I'm just stating the facts, right? I'm not gossiping. I'm just stating the facts. According to Proverbs, even if you're just reporting the facts, that can be destructive if you're doing it in such a way that you're tearing someone down and not building someone up. People say, well, it was true. What I said was true. It was true. So, you know what? Here, I'll tell you, you want to ruin your marriage? You want to ruin your friendship? You get someone in a crowd that you're close to and tell something that's true about that person that you know is going to harm them if everybody else knows about it. You want to destroy your friendship? You want to destroy your marriage? Everything you're saying is true in front of everyone else. See how that works for you. You ever watch someone do that in a crowd? You ever watch a husband and wife or something and all of a sudden the person thinks they're funny and they're going to tell some kind of joke and they use their wife or their husband or whatever, their children, in front of everyone else? It's What they said was true, but it was harmful. We have to watch the words that we say, the attitude, and I'm not going to pick on all you teenagers. I'm, I'm not I'm not going to try to do that this morning, but honestly, um, just because you're answering your parents when they ask you to do something just because you say words like okay or fine right it's oh, i'll do it you're saying i'll do it but it's how you say it it's the words that you're using when you say it fine okay right words are powerful even if they're true and that's what god is telling us we need to be careful with how we use our words. Gossip separates friends. When two people get together and talk about a third party, that person, that third party person, almost always feels like the odd man out. They feel like they're separated. They're like an outsider. And the two people sharing what they feel, they feel closer. They feel closer. But let me tell you something. It's not true closeness. Because a person who will gossip with you will gossip about you, okay? So you think you're close to that person. Give them an opportunity to prove you wrong, and they will. A person who will gossip with you will gossip about you. When you're with someone, they're always talking about what someone else told them in confidence, or here's another great one for Christians, okay? Um, I have a prayer request, (laughs) right? I'm dying to tell someone that something else someone told me, and so what we do is we couch in I, I want you to pray about something God knows this whole He doesn't need You don't need to tell four of the people About what the person told you If they didn't want you to tell them God's got it all under control, okay We don't need 20 people Knowing someone's business Who doesn't want other people to know their business And we do that in such ways That we harm other people When you gossip about someone You are putting yourself in a position Where the, even the people you gossip with Don't trust you Understand that They will remember and when they have something important to say when they need to go to someone and talk about something significant in their life They will go to the person who doesn't talk who doesn't gossip Instead of the person who does even though it's more fun to be around that other person Sometimes because they're always telling you juicy information when it comes to true friendship. They don't want to talk to you They'll talk to someone else See if you want to build meaningful relationships with people you talk to them not about them Gossip is talking about someone communication and deep relationships are talking to them to them. See, gossip is, is 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 a way that we we undermine not only not only other people, but our own integrity. But our own character. It's so important that we watch what we say now, there's a deeper. There's something deeper here even than that. OK, this keeps there's layers to all of this. There's layers to it. This is what the world doesn't really understand. But in the word of God, there's layers. And it because it's really an attitude issue, a lot of the time, it's a heart issue. And it goes even deeper when it comes to our tongue. Words can be even more destructive, right? If you don't think before you speak. How many people, I won't raise hands, but say to your, think to yourself. This is self-reflection time, and it's hard. Um, I, I'm a talker. I love to talk. And I've, over the years, tried very, very hard to, to guard the words that I say because you can harm other people if you talk before you think. You have to think before you speak. Your words can be destructive. You can talk directly to a person, okay, and tell the truth and still be destructive in what you say if you don't think before you speak. I want you to kind of think about that in your own life. See, there are Proverbs that talk to us about using Proverbs over and over, and the Word of God over and over, but Proverbs specifically, talking about restraint. See, these are words that are lost in our culture. Restraint, discipline, being holy, those are words that are just, they're getting lost. But we shouldn't lose them in our own lives. And As Christians, the Bible talks about being, using restraint. You know, you're dying to say something, but your wisdom tells you, don't say it. Don't, it's not necessary to say that. In Proverbs 13, 3, it says, listen listen to these words. Those who guard their mouths preserve their lives, but those who open wide their lips come to ruin. Come to ruin. In other words, watch what you say. In Proverbs 15, 28, it says, The mind of the righteous, listen, ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil. The best way to guard your, your words is to think before you speak. Ponder before you answer. Ponder if someone asks you a question or if someone's talking to you. Ponder, think through, concentrate, process through what you're going to say before you say it. Proverb 17:28 reminds us: even fools keep silent. Even even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When they close their lips, they are deemed intelligent. Proverbs 29:20 20 says: Do you see someone who is hasty in speech? There is more hope for a fool than for anyone like that. In Psalm chapter 64 in verse 3, this is a powerful statement. I love this. A powerful reminder. They sharpen their tongues like swords and aim their cruel words like deadly arrows. Let me tell you, the arrows and the swords they're talking about here have wounded and killed more people than all the swords in all the wars from the beginning of history. Our words have the power of life and death, sometimes emotional life and death, sometimes physical life and death, sometimes spiritual life and death. We need to guard what we're saying. Deb and I talk about this, and we do premarital counseling with, with, uh, with, with couples who come to us. We talk about how there are, there are, there are situations where people who are, Uh, We're doing counseling with later on maybe they're 20 years into their marriage and they're they're getting some strife and They come to us and say what do we do and and what what usually when we get to the heart of what's going on in their marriage Someone usually says something like this That you know that we say well, what is what is at the root of this? Why are you so bitter? Why what's at the root? Well, 17 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago you said boom in our first year of marriage 20 30 years ago and it layered from there it just kept on layering and layering from there it was never dealt with the words the, the spoken word has power it's like an arrow that is shot once you shoot that arrow and it, it lands in someone's heart it's sometimes as hard to take back a spoken word as it is an arrow that is sharp and pierces someone's shot and pierces someone's heart It's hard to get it back once you let it loose once you let it loose. It has the power of life and death It's hard to overcome that See god is not just concerned with the words that we speak But he's concerned about how we speak those words. Are they appropriate? Are they thoughtful? are they kind Are you talking from patience? Are you talking out of anger? He wants them to be helpful in the situation, in that situation you're dealing with, and with the person that you're dealing with. He wants them to be helpful to the person who hears them. We are responsible. The Bible says that we're going to be held accountable for every word that we ever speak. In Proverbs 15, 23, it tells us to make an, listen to this, to make an apt answer is a joy to anyone and a word in season how good it is. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? I mean, when someone thinks through what they say, when someone comes to you and says, you know, you know, I, I think it's. Encur- I want to encourage everyone to, when you go home today, to think of someone who encouraged you growing up. Think of someone who built in, verbally built into your life. I want you to call that person up and I want, to, I want you to say, thank you so much for a, for a word aptly spoken, in season, how good it is, how powerful that was, how it impacted my life, your kindness, your words, your encouragement. Call those people up and tell them how you feel. In Proverbs 25:11, it makes the same point. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. The point is, the point is, don't just say what's true, but say, say it, say it in, in such a way that it's, it's, it's it genuinely helpful to the person that you're talking to or their situation. It's not just about truth. It's timing. It's how you say what you say to the people around you. Words are unbelievably powerful. And, and I, you know, some of you are thinking, well, does that mean I can't use my words uh, when I go and I have confrontation with someone? No. Proverbs actually says that we should use our words in confrontation. It's okay to have a confrontation. And if you do it in, there, in, a, in a loving, kind, effective way, it's even more powerful. In Proverbs 28, 23, it says, whoever rebukes a person will afterward find more favor than the one who flatters with the tongue. Trust people who get you alone and tell you the truth to your face in a kind and loving way. Trust them. They love you. All these people will say, Oh, those people don't know what they're talking about. What a bunch of idiots. That's not true about you. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Your parents told you. Your good friends have told you. People have told you all your life. And the person who says, Oh, that people are just ridiculous. You're not that way. Don't trust those people. Trust the person who sits you down alone and tells you the truth that's the person that you want to be around that's the person that you should trust and you know it's not wrong to confront people with our words we just need to be we just need to be careful about the person and the situation and we need to choose the most appropriate words that will bring healing and not harm so we want to tell the truth But we want to make sure we do it in in an appropriate way and using the right words and the right attitude in the right environment So that it'll bring healing and not harm. That's the goal. So here's the thing. Think before you speak Think before you speak listen before you answer and talk to people not about people think before you speak Listen before you answer think it through right? and talk to people, and do not talk about people. See, we need to remember Arabella Young and remind ourselves that we want to be people of character. We wanna have those kind of virtues in our life. We don't wanna we don't wanna forget about them. I don't care if the culture keeps on moving down the road and doesn't care about these things, or you hear about here you oh it's actually good to lie, it's actually good to do this, and gossip is healthy and blah blah blah. It's ridiculous, it harms people. Don't listen to it. We gotta hold on to those virtues. We gotta hold on to our character and our integrity. We gotta remember people that like Arabelle Young, who on their tombstone said, you know for the first time in her whole life on may 24th whatever year it was she finally learned to hold her tongue that's what they remembered about her that should not be us that should not be us the tongue has the power to to impact our lives and also the lives of everyone around us it just depends on how we use our tongue there's an old hymn there's an old hymn that says Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And I thought about that. Oh, what needless pain we bear, needless pain. I think our our praise band should write a song that says, Oh, what needless pain we cause. Oh, what needless pain, needless pain we cause. When we gossip, when we don't use our words in a kind and effective way, when we lie about other people, or to other people. Oh, what needless needless pain we cause because we do not use the biblical understanding of God. Just when we don't use God's word to help us restrain what we say, when we say it and how we say it. What needless pain we cause other people. I love this in Psalm 39.1. David says, I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth as with a muzzle. You know what? I love he said it and that I didn't, okay? We, 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 all of us sometimes need to muzzle ourselves, okay? When When you're angry, when you're angry, muzzle yourself, okay? Put the muzzle on. I don't care if you are busting. Don't say it. Don't say it. Take a deep breath. Go run around. I don't know, run your head into a wall. I don't care what you have to do. Don't say it, okay? Wake up from knocking yourself out. You know what I mean? You'll be a little more calm, but don't say it. I love that. I will guard my ways. Guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth as with a muzzle. That should be every one of our prayers. That should be our prayer. And we need to, we need to guard our words every single day. I want you to bow your heads with me, okay, as we close. I want you to think about this. I want you to allow God to speak to your heart right now. Some of you need to ask for forgiveness. From God, yes. We we all need to ask God to forgive us for how we use our our words, but also from the person you've harmed with your words. Maybe you've spoken out in anger. You, You did it last week or last month or whatever else. And listen, you're thinking, well, I was right. It doesn't matter if you're right, it's how you said it. You can be right. But you can still sin and how you say things. Maybe you broke a confidence. Someone told you something in confidence, you broke that confidence. Maybe you lied to someone and broke and broke their trust. If there's someone that you need to apologize to this morning, I want you to do that. Maybe it's in our own in this body and there's a little strain between you. Why don't you do that before you leave here this morning? Let's put our faith to action we hear the word of God it has penetrated our hearts some of us are feeling like you know what this gosh I really need to get this right get it right either if the person is here get it right with them before you leave or maybe um, maybe you need to go home and make a phone call maybe you need to make a phone call later on today if you need to make that phone call go and do it Maybe to the person in school, school's over, so you're out. You're not going to see that person again, but you know you teased them. You know your words were harmful. You know you picked on them or tormented them in some way. Maybe this summer you need to get with that person and apologize for doing that to them. Ask for their forgiveness. Set yourself free and set that person free as well. Maybe it's a coworker or a family member. I don't, it doesn't matter who it is. Each one of us at different times use our words in harmful ways doesn't make us horrible terrible people it just makes us human we're sinners saved by grace but God can through his word change our lives and change our attitudes and change our behavior and that's what we're asking Lord that you would change our lives that you would change our attitudes that you would change our behavior Lord God and that we would have the courage like that man who had to cut those that pillow open and throw him out that we would have the courage to go back and apologize to the people that we've harmed with our words God, help us to find that courage, to make that call, to walk up to that person and get them alone and talk to them about making it right. We want to be people with, who have character, who have integrity, who care about the words they use because we love you and we want to become more like your son, Jesus Christ. So please, God, help each one of us. No one is guilt-free from this. I am certainly not, no one else is in this room. So help us, Lord. Help us get to that next spiritual level, that next step in our spiritual journey in this area of our lives. Please don't let us feel like just shame and guilt and all that kind of thing. But God, help us to to use this in a positive way that you would convict our hearts and that we would take that conviction and then go and make a difference and make it right. Give us the power, give us the strength, give us the boldness. And give us the strength to become more like your son, Jesus Christ, in this area of our lives. In his name we pray. Amen. Have a great week.